So last week we started uh, layer one of our Identity 2.0 series. Um, it's been centred around this, um, this phrase, which is discipleship is becoming who Jesus would be if he was you. I suppose our aim is to work out if, if it's about uh, becoming who Jesus would be if he was us, then we need to know who we are. So we looked last week at, at layer one, uh, which is all about preference. Um, and I suppose it's talking about our likes, our dislikes, the things that we uh, want to avoid, um, all of those kind of things, that, that initial kind of layer of identity information that people will access when they uh, get into a conversation with us. And we talked about how actually it, it's, it's really easy when we look at who we are in that simple sense. Um, it's really easy to get trapped in this world of, of perception, of our own lives and looking at everyone else's lives and that trap of comparison when we start thinking that everyone's life is so much better than ours and then we can devalue who we are as a result and I suppose with every layer we're looking to then invite God into that stuff and actually say if we can really cling in layer one if we can really cling to the fact that that we belong to God that we are his um, that what we have and what we um, who we are um, is of great value uh, and that diversity and difference needs to be celebrated. Um, that's a great starting point uh, to help kind of accept our kind of preferences and, and what makes us who we are in that simple layer one way um, and then move forward from there as a, as a kind of positive foundation. So we're moving on to layer two this week. We're peeling back layer one and we are revealing layer two. And layer two is all about skills, passion, and opportunities and what layer two does you'd expect it as we go deeper down uh, that it provides a little extra depth into our identity I suppose if you imagine that that you're going to meet someone for the first time they might pick up your likes dislikes uh, things you want to avoid maybe uh, your tastes your style all that kind of stuff can be ascertained really quickly in a conversation but actually once you start a conversation there's all sorts of stuff that then comes across in the way that we communicate and the way that we um, the way that we are with other people, so skills is a really interesting one. Skills, in a way, if we look back at last week, skills are quite a step up from interests and routines, the things that people will see all the time. Skills end up being more about maybe our ability, or maybe it's training. Uh, that we've been through or development that we've had in our life and I suppose ultimately skills the story of skills is probably often about experience the things that we've been through that have shaped us and enabled us to to develop skills as individuals what, what I love about this stuff is is what we highlight each week is the fact that we are so different so the question of what are you skilled and equipped to do is a really relevant and valid one and as you think about that, what I love is that everyone will say something completely different. Everyone would choose something different. There'll be similar things for some people, but actually your skills are one of the things that make you really unique. So what are you skilled and equipped to do? How do you function well? What is it in your layer two that really um, identifies you? How do you function well? And we are all wired differently. That is, that is the, to me, the exciting part of this. 
And maybe for some of us, it's a case of asking, what have you learnt that has been developed into a skill? Sometimes it's not just that we are naturally skilled at something. Maybe you stumble across something or you come across something that, that sparks an interest and you end up wanting to develop it. I remember when I was 12, uh, or put maybe 11, I really wanted to learn to play the drums. Um, and just before I started having lessons, I got picked out by my music teacher at school who got me to sit in front of the whole class and have a go at playing the drums. And it was honestly, it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever been through um, because I just couldn't do it. And he was trying to tell me what to do and I just had to do it in front of all my friends. And I just, I just couldn't do it. Um, but interestingly, there was something about uh, drums that really captivated me. And I pushed forward and was able to learn to play them and, and absolutely love it. And I feel like that's a, a part of my identity that, that really forms who I am because it's, it's something that I really love doing uh, and is a skill that I've managed to develop. And, and sometimes it is the case of you have to take a risk in order to try to develop a skill. So sometimes they're natural, sometimes um, it's sparked by an interest, sometimes you stumble across them. Um, but often there's a risk involved to say, I'm going to pursue developing this skill. And when we do that, we find that skills can open up doors, um, that opportunities can arise as our skills begin to grow. And it's easy then to see how skill becomes, I suppose, a, a key part of our identity. And we know that straight away because whenever you meet someone in small talk one of the first questions anyone will ask you is what what do you do what is it that you do um, and often not always but often the answer will be centered somewhere around something that you're skilled at whether it's you talking about your job or 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 something i don't know a hobby that you really enjoy doing or something that's clear about your identity from those initial uh, connections with someone skill will often have a lot to play with that so the second word is passion, um, and, and this is another word that's kind of a step on from last week. Um, there's a marked difference between passion and preference, uh, those likes and dislikes, those, those initial things that, that kind of the tastes and the styles that we like. Passion runs deeper than preference, and I suppose in a way it's driven more by care than it is by taste. So passion is often defined by the fact that there's something deep-rooted in us that drives us forward because we care about a particular thing. So when you think about your own life, what are you passionate about? What is it that, that you would say is, is the thing that inspires you or excites you? What drives you in, uh, in who you are as a human being? What is it that makes you come alive? What is it when you get a chance to do it that you just, you feel like this is what you were made for? And sometimes what you'll find, and this is the disheartening thing, sometimes what you think of uh, as your passion maybe isn't always your job, isn't always the thing that you have to spend the most time doing. But actually, the interesting thing with layer two is it's often visible to other people because of the way we are and the way we act and, and what people see. But sometimes, especially with passion, it can be quite hidden. And maybe some of us have kept our passion hidden away and, and locked away because we're not really ready to talk about it or let people know about it. And the biggest question, I suppose, with passion is how do you put this into action? 
If you're fortunate enough to do a job that you're passionate about and love doing, then that's amazing. It's an amazing opportunity to be able to do that. But if your passion is something entirely different, sometimes we need to find an outlet that enables us to really, um, I suppose, put our passion into action and allow it to make a difference. So when we piece those two elements together, the skills and the passion, we begin to feel like our identity is being formed. That it's not just about likes and dislikes or preference or taste. Actually, we're deeper than that. Our identity is deeper than that. Our skills and passion are a deeper level to what makes us who we are. It makes sense, doesn't it? We peel back layer one, deeper down is layer two. And, and it might be visible to people, but actually this is, this is beginning to go more down into the essence of who we are. What is it that drives us? And what is it um, that we want to get on and do with our lives? And, and what kind of things do we want to make happen as a result of our skill and our passion being, um, being worked with, I suppose? Remember last week we, we talked about there's a temptation when we look at that question, who am I? Um, there's a temptation that we end up defining it in three ways. That firstly, I am what I do, or I am what other people say about me, or I am what I have. And all those three things, they can be positive. Uh, I am what I do, uh, the good things that I do, um, the good things people say about me, or the nice things that I have, or the things that I've acquired. But equally, they can be negative as well, the mistakes that we make, um, the, the things that people say in, in criticism of us, or the things that we wish we had but don't have in our lives. Those are the temptations that we fall into when we think about identity. But well, we have to, and we talked about this last week, we have to accept that, that it's bigger than that, 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 that our identity is way bigger than that. And we will get there as we go through the different layers. Um, but today what we want to do is, is we want to, and I suppose we want to do this every week, but, but today we're talking about how do we welcome God into layer two, into our skills and our passions, and what kind of difference can that make? There's a few positive things with, with this layer. Uh, our skills have the opportunity and the ability to elevate us. So we can find that when we work on our skills and, and we develop them, it gives us that opportunity to progress in life, to move forward, to be developed. And I suppose we, we just talked about passion often being driven by care. Um, and that is positive, that, that often our passion will uh, be deep-rooted in our, our desire to see a change or a difference in something, or, or to see a particular outcome. And if we can put our energy and our attention uh, and our time into that, then maybe we could make a difference. But the big question, if we want to see how God can, can be involved and, and welcoming into this layer, the big question is, how could God begin to influence both of these things? How could he begin to shape those things and be, be involved in it? Now, both of those things, skills and passion, they're quite um, similar in a lot of ways in the fact that they both enable opportunity. They both almost become a gateway to opportunities that if we develop both of those things or work on both of those things, they can open doors to stuff. And when we think about including God in that, is God interested in the things that you're skilled in? Absolutely. 
and we always talk about this, but if we, if we include him in that kind of stuff, the things that we, we want to develop and grow in, the things that we're skilled at, he can enhance that beyond our current ability. And that's what I love about the inclusion of God in any of these kind of things. If you're passionate about something, then what would it look like if God was involved in that? If God had a chance to be able to guide you and shape you in the thing that you're passionate about, could he take it further than you could on your own? I completely think he could. God's involvement in any of these things adds a depth and an opportunity for us to be developed and change in each of these areas, but also a huge opportunity for people to be truly impacted through us acting on this stuff. And that's why it's, it's so important that we make the decision that, that any layer that we, go to, that we go through over these next few weeks, if we can get God involved in it, welcome him into it, we can see some, some real positive movements forward. But there's a challenge with this because God's opportunity to influence these things, our skills and our passion, is entirely dependent on where he is placed in our priority structure. In our order of priorities in our life, where is God positioned? And the difficulty is, the moment we get to skills and passion, we're not talking about just preference of things that we like and dislike, we can take or leave. We're talking about the things that really make us come alive, the things that really inspire us, that really excite us, really motivate us. And to be honest, it's easy to not always include God in those things. And there's loads of different areas. And, and the question, I want us to really think about this. What is his involvement in our areas of skill and passion? Maybe we're thinking about our jobs. What role is he playing in that? Uh, maybe it's hobbies. Maybe it's even family. Um, friendships, marriage, your ambitions, um, your finances, all of these different things can become, uh, can be our skill or our passion and become, can become majorly important in our lives. And to ask that question, where does God sit in comparison to these things, is a really valid one. And, and the harsh reality that I found around this whole thing is if God um, is not number one in our lives, if he doesn't sit in the top position of priority in our lives, then his role of, of kind of uh, being able to influence other things um, is, is altered and changed. So rather than being an influencer, God is influenced by these things. Just let, let me explain it a little bit, really. I suppose what I'm trying to get at is when we are so focused on other things and God is, God is beneath them, is below them, they will always take priority over him. So we choose that thing above God. Um, and as a result, God can't shape it because you've put that above him. So if you look at those things we just talked about, each of those things can quite easily become almost like an idol um, of its own. It, it can become the main focus, the top priority in our lives. It might be your work. It might be that work drives everything that's the most important thing to you. If God is not positioned above that, then we're not allowing him the opportunity to shape our work life or our work opportunities. 
Um, it might be hobbies. It might be that you absolutely love and live for the thing that you do as your hobby. Um, and we talked about if God could be involved in that, maybe it could be even better. But if he's not involved, he's cut out. And, and as a result, he's, he's knocked down the pecking order. Even family. And this is tough, isn't it? Because it's so easy to say family is my priority. Family is the most important thing. But if God isn't above our family, he, he has a limited opportunity to influence that because we're saying family is more important. And as we go through that, friendships, marriage, um, relationships, um, your ambitions of what you want to achieve in your life. Uh, the finance, we talked about finance. It's, it's a strange one. Sometimes we get so private about these things and say, no, 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 I've got that sorted. That's, that's me. I know what I'm doing with that. I don't need to include him in that. But, but it's not that we're giving stuff to him and we have to give up on this stuff. It's actually saying, do I feel like he might be able to help me in my understanding, in my approach, in my... Um, my, my perspective on this stuff. And, and all I've learned in these kind of things is that with God, it is so much better than without him. Um, so, so our position, our position of God in our priority structure will completely have a, an influence on, on how much he can uh, influence and change the things uh, that maybe we're skilled in or most passionate about. And we've got to do that. We've got to imagine what everything would look like if it was filtered through God first. Give him the chance to speak into it, speak into our lives about it and, and see what he can do with it. So how can we begin to do this? Well, there's no set formula. Um, there's no pressure to have particular outcomes. There's no kind of success criteria that says, oh, you've now managed to put God above your job or, or your family or, or your, your ambitions. It's, it's not about that. What it's about is it's about being a bit simpler with it and saying, I'm going to be open to, to God's influence on this stuff, to allow him to, I'm going to speak to him about it. I'm going to include him in my thinking, in my questioning, in my struggles with that stuff. And I'm going to invite him to speak into it and shape that stuff. Um, it's quite interesting how, how sometimes we get really kind of fixated on, on needing to, I suppose, plan and decide how everything's going to happen. And sometimes when we can let go of that control and allow God to, to be involved and be inf influential in it, exciting things can happen. I, I read uh, a couple of years ago, I read a devotion, um, which is all about C.S. Lewis, and it looked at different things to do with his life. And there was one week where uh, they talked about um, this the, the devotion was entitled, What Lewis Created. I just want to read you what it said, because uh, I feel like it's relevant to what we're talking about. And it says this, perhaps contrary to popular belief, C.S. Lewis, like most cultural creators, did not lock himself in a room where he came up with an idea for a series of books that would reveal the redemptive character of God. As Lewis once explained, some people seem to think that I began by asking myself, how could I say something about Christianity to children? Then fixed on the fairy tale as an instrument, then collected information about child psychology and decided what age group I'd write for, then drew up a list of basic Christian truths and hammered out allegories to embody them. This is all pure moonshine. I couldn't write in that way. All my seven Narnian books became, um, began with, a, with seeing pictures in my head. 
The line, the witch in the wardrobe, began with a picture of a fawn carrying an umbrella and parcels in a snowy wood. This picture had been in my mind since I was about 16. Then one day, when I was about 40, I said to myself, let's try to make a story about it. At first I had very little idea how the story would go, but then suddenly Aslan came bounding into it. Once he was there, he pulled the whole story together. Like Lewis, our product ideas will likely not come from brainstorming sessions where we focus intensely on how we can create a product that reveals God's character. But as we begin to create and let, and we let, as Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, we will undoubtedly see how we can use our creations to reveal the character of our creator. If our work is to feel like a calling, we, like Lewis, must be willing to allow the true Aslan to come bounding into every aspect of our lives, including our work. And that's, I suppose, a really important lesson for us to learn. Sometimes we think we've got a plan and predetermine how everything's going to be. But we've got to believe, if we invite God into it, that the little spark of creativity or a little opportunity or a little um, kind of particular path that we're going down could lead to the most amazing things because God is invited to be part of the dialogue and part of the discussion. And I suppose that's our challenge. When we think about our skills and our passion, they can clearly become things that are major parts of our identity. But actually, let's not hold them so tightly that we say, well, that's just who I am. Uh, and God, you can, you can kind of help me. Uh, but actually, why don't we uh, develop a habit that continually asks God to, to push us, to shape us, to develop us, to help us as we move forward with that stuff? And I think the other thing I pick up from that, that um that devotion about C.S. Lewis is that is it, it's not always, it, it's not necessarily about relentless hard work and wearing ourselves out. Hard work is important and we have to do that at times and, and that will lead to, to kind of positive progression. But sometimes, you know, um, we need to be kinder to ourselves and allow God just to um, influence and be a part of it. Galatians 6 verses 9 to 10 says this, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now therefore every time we get the chance let us work for the benefit of all starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. So when we can do this stuff when we can welcome God into layer two, into our skills and our passion, they already make way for opportunities. But if God's involved, I think it's a way more exciting journey. And when we can tap into that, what we find is atmospheres change, our perspective changes, conversations happen that we never thought would happen before. Our awareness of maybe ourselves or other people or what's going on around us, that shifts too. And opportunities that we never thought were possible could happen. And to me, yeah, it feels like we're kind of in some ways walking into a little bit of the unknown. But to me, it sounds so exciting. And I do think when we think about how important skills and passion are to our identity, we can quite easily settle on, I know how this works because this is who I am and this is what I do. But the challenge is, can you allow God to influence that? 
And can you allow him to, to really begin to shape you and, and develop you on this journey? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you um, are interested in the things that we're skillful in. Uh, you're interested in developing new skills in us. And you're, you're most kind of, kind of massively uh, interested in our passion. And God, I often feel like passion is the thing that you put inside us, the drive, that determination, the inspiration, the excitement, the thing that makes us come alive. God, when we truly connect with that, I often feel like you are there at the core of those things. And God, I pray as we all consider what, what it is that makes up our layer two, what are our skills and what are our passions. God, I pray that you would take us on a journey where those um, are kind of pushed forward and developed. And that God would be people who trust you with those things. And that our identity won't be damaged by allowing you to be number one priority, shaping all of these things. But actually our identity can be enhanced by you. So God, help us as we uh, pick this apart and wonder how this could work for us. And God, I pray that you'd really be close by our side as we consider this stuff this week. Amen. So that's it for this week. I uh, hope you have uh, a great week. And uh, yeah, hope it's a week of, of learning, of inspiration, uh, of, of positive things that really uh, help you move forward in life. Um, if you need anything, get in touch. Uh, take care and we'll see you next week.